By Matt Sage Burning Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Good burning from Sage. <laughs> uh, splendid, Brian. Just splendid. I went back with the deep cut. Did there now that Kyrie may be coming back? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows with that whole situation? Honestly, uh, I mean, the Nets could really use Kyrie, but that's another another podcast for another day not worthy of our time yeah yeah the uh the thunder are appropriately tanking matt it's really good to see um the rockets are starting to win some games so that's positive did they see the rockets start winning games and be like eh, nah. yeah yeah poku got assigned to the g league team today um so this team's trending in the right direction Josh Giddy is just giving me irrational confidence in all things. <laughs> so that's that's good. That's really good. Uh, but yeah, life's good right now, you know? Good NBA. Football is starting to wind down. All the things. You don't have to watch your, your Packers struggle against the Bears in the first half anymore. Aaron Rodgers still owns Bears. Matt Y'all Nagy is going to be without a job in a month. And all is right in the world. There it is. Well, I don't know about it all, but sure. A lot of things. I mean, sports things are pretty good okay. for me right now. I mean, the Pats are back as the number one seed in the AFC. So, I don't – I mean. Normal. We should be talking about that. And the Bills are, you know, underperforming. So, life is back to normal, I guess. Boston sports, dominating. <laughs> go, go Pats. Just uh, rub rub salt in the wound, huh? Sure. Uh, uh, anyways, before we get too much further into episode 128, let me remind everyone to follow us on our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. If you search for Couch GM Podcast, you'll be able to find us on both platforms. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and give us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. That's a big help for us. If you missed episode 127, we talked about some early season surprises. Uh, we also talked about uh, college football coaches, and we gave some thoughts because Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly notably changed teams. And this week, Matt, I don't know if you saw this, Brian Kelly did some awkward dancing on Twitter. Yeah. Why does, why does he change his voice now to sound like he's from Louisiana and dance and things that just look and sound bad listen if you if anybody paid me 110 million dollars i would be doing all (laughs) things brian kelly would be doing so there's that uh essentially if anybody's wondering yeah i can be bought i very (laughs) easily bought you're like i do have a price (laughs) i do i do have a price and i'm very cheap turns out so uh there is that if anybody's curious um if anyone's offering <laughs> if anybody's off i'm just throwing it out there uh shoot shooters gotta shoot matt that's all i'm gonna say uh league pass we talked we talked about some league pass teams at the end of the last episode matt picked the wizards he was gonna watch uh they went one in three since our last podcast and now are 15 and 13 on the season kind of hitting a slide after a bla- blazing hot start 
They lost a weird one to the Nuggets. They were down 20. Jokic gets ejected. Right. And then they kind of stage a comeback. Just kind of it just kind of an incredible turn for the Wizards there, but uh not not a very good week for them. Uh yeah. I I on the other other hand picked the Spurs. They had five games last week. They were two and three in those games and are currently 10 and 16. We kind of talked about this at the end of the last episode as well. If the Spurs ended up going like one and four serious losing record it kind of looked like their season was taking a turn for the worse. Um, yeah. I mean, 10 and 16, you're still in the play-in race conversation, but their season's certainly not trending in the right direction. Definitely not. Yeah, they're just, I don't know. I will, what, like what's going to happen for them to help them get above water? Don't don't see a great I mean, they right do now. have the option to trade like Brent Forbes, and some of these like fringe guards that we've been talking about how they need to consolidate for what feels like five years. Um, but uh, Jakob Pertl and uh, DeJounte Murray, it's a really fun pick and roll combo. Yeah. Jakob Pertl is really good on the roll. Uh, but yeah, that team not given a lot, a lot of good signs here. It's not that Spurs have nothing. I just don't really know if they have something, you know? They gotta consolidate. Like Kelvin, like they have all these nice pieces, like Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Brent Forbes, Kelvin Johnson, all these guys at Jakob Pertl, uh, who's um, Primo, Josh Primo. Like yeah. they, they have all these nice like guard wing combo guys, but they all need minutes, and none of them have really developed into much of anything outside of Dejounte Murray. Right. So at some point you got to sell these and consolidate, mm-hmm. but use it to help you move up in the draft. If you're, you know, number eight, right. Eight and something gets you to three. I mean, eight would have gotten you Franz Wagner this yeah. past draft. Yeah. And like, you know, maybe the guy they picked will be better, but like Franz Wagner seeming very good. Yeah. yeah. Great. 3 and D guy can impact winning, it seems okay. like. A wing player for Orlando. Crazy. Um, <laughs> so, y- you know, you know. All right, let's move on to the news. Um, a little lot. I mean, we're only like a – I mean, like we recorded like, what, a week ago? Um, yeah. And in that time, uh, Wardell, Stephen Curry, has broken an NBA record for most all-time three-pointers made past – uh, Ray Allen in the garden, um, which you knew, you knew the league was loving the fact that it happened in New York. Uh, uh, the fact that the Knicks passed on Steph Curry and then he goes <laughs> on to break the th- all time three point made record, uh, okay. in the garden is just it's uh, an all time Knicks moment, I would say. And all the Knicks fans cheering, like wherever he would have been, like all the fans would have been cheering for him. But again, then they're all cheering for him and Spike Lee is up and excited and, you know. It's the most Knicks thing to cheer for the other team while your team's like sub 500 and just looking like they can't get their act together. Has no offensive perimeter game. (laughs) Yeah, it's just classic Knicks stuff. And I, I, it's just incredible. 
and there's our Nick stick, by the way. We're what five five minutes into the podcast, mm. and uh, we got our Nick stick in, so okay. that's good. Uh, next bit of news: um, there's been a COVID outbreak really across the league. Um, the Bulls had their next couple games suspended. Um, I mean, it feels like everyone and their mom is in health and safety protocols right now. Giannis, Giannis yeah. Health and safety protocols. I mean, obviously, like the Bulls have a thousand players right now. The Lakers and, legend Taylor Horton Tucker is in health and safety protocol. Just got sent to health and safety protocols. Is uh, that what he's calling his club now? Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> uh, so many players across the league dealing with this uh, right now. So. I don't know, Ryan, we might start getting back into this, some some postponements, some cancellations. I mean, uh, I think the league has implemented stricter rules on traveling because I saw Draymond tweet kind of like the schedule for how they have to fly in and out of cities now. Hmm. Um, I saw Bobby Marks on Twitter today also suggest that, you know, maybe it's time to go back to the rules of last year with how many players are in health and safety protocol. Because it's getting wild out here. I mean, the Bulls had eight players on their roster. Someone else. I don't. I. That's what I heard. Right, but it's supposed to be if you have eight, you can play. So, I don't know what extra step happened to make it where they postponed. But yeah, I. I think it's just the continued proof that even though Shams has tweeted that there's only a couple dozen players in the league that aren't vaccinated and again maybe there's some discussions to be had about like antonio brown in the nfl like wait are you actually vaccinated or not um mm-hmm. some more discussions of like playing around a bunch of fans like isn't maybe isn't the, the greatest thing for the health and safety protocols you know yeah having a row of fans four feet behind your bench breathing on your neck um on the assistant coaches or maybe sitting next to the players in some arenas like you know how like the bench like just kind of runs into like the stands like the, the court yeah it's like i don't know maybe maybe that's not the best idea you know like, yeah it it's weird because maybe you know with how big the rosters are in the nfl i don't feel like the nfl is running into this as much but they're also not traveling as much Maybe they're not testing as much. I don't know. Well, they de- well obviously, like NFL only plays once a week. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, it doesn't seem like any of the major stars in the NFL are really getting, you know, sat down because of COVID. Like, it doesn't feel like any quarterback gets, you know, held out because of COVID. Except if you're Aaron Rodgers and, you know, fake your immunization record. Sure. But that that's neither here nor there. We won't talk about that. Right. So, like. I mean, not a lot of star wide receivers or, <coughs> you know, other guys. Good night. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, we're recording this over Zoom and I thought Matt was just going to be with the good Lord tonight after the face he just made. Wow. I don't know what that was. Um, so you were talking know. crap on COVID. I and just it, forgot to breathe for like four <laughs> seconds. It felt like I just—I don't know what happened there. Uh, man, we are humming. We are we are on 
firing on all cylinders. I'm going to move on to the next topic. Um, <laughs> so this will actually be our main topic for tonight, but we're just previewing it. Um, apparently, the Indiana Pacers, a.k.a. the most boring team in, in the NBA, decided, you know what? Let's not do this anymore. And now there's all these reports of Miles Turner's, like, I'm just a glorified role player. They don't understand um, what they have with me. There's allegedly, like, they're now up for some trade possibilities. Indiana just becoming drama city. Uh, or Indianapolis becoming drama city. Mm-hmm. Indiana becoming drama state? I don't know. That sounds weird. Don't like that. Uh, <laughs> just, Not what uh, you uh, know Indiana for. I mean, is is Indiana most famous for Hoosiers? Like, let's be honest. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Larry Legend, maybe? Yeah. I feel like that's what they should most claim, but I feel like still Hoosiers is still, like, the thing most people would reference. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know. Anyway. All right. Um, Bucks signed Wes Matthews and DeMarcus Cousins. Um, oh, I forgot Marcus, about that. DeMarcus Cousins, like, playing, like, real minutes for them. Um which yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez having that back surgery really kind of messed right. some stuff up for them. Talked about that on the last pod. Um, they didn't really have another big, because like Bobby Portis now is starting. And they're like, I don't know, just Thanasis, our backup center. Giannis is taking those center minutes. Um, the the rookie um, second round, late second round pick, Sandro um, Mamu Kalashvele out of Seton Hall. And they're like, I don't know, pick. He was like pick number like fifty eight or whatever. Like, okay, I guess you're playing minutes. So, yeah. Um, so that, those are moves by the Bucks. Very desperate, very desperate right now, but still winning a lot of games because, you know, Giannis. But now that he's in health and safety protocols, who knows what's going to happen with this Bucks team's record over the next uh, couple weeks? Mm. Um, before we get to injuries, Ryan. Just on the last spot, we just forgot to talk about our beloved Sacramento Kings. Jesus. They always provide the content, Ryan. They always do. The- Fired Luke Walton. So, again, I know this is like a month ago now. I don't even care. I want to talk about it, Ryan, for just a minute. The heck. Like, I – so – if we were to recap the time that Luke Walton spent in Sacramento, like year one, went the Kings went from like one of the fastest pace playing teams to like 30th in pace. And you have De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and all these players who want to get out and run. Marvin Bagley gets drafted. It doesn't have like a great rookie year, but isn't, spectacular kind of shows some science and then like the next year looks terrible is injured most of the year the following year is pretty much out of the rotation and now like buddy in between like buddy healed has asked for a trade request has almost gotten traded well let's say basically got traded um they drafted Tyrese Halliburton, so now they have like three guards and drafted another guard in this past draft. 
haven't figured out a big man rotation, haven't figured out a wing rotation, and has just looked a mess. I mean, they're what what is their record currently? Do we know? Oh, hold up. Uh not good. Probably about the same as the Spurs. I got it. I got it. I got it. Eleven and seventeen. Yeah, that's right. Spurs are 10, 16. So um and they were borderline a playoff team like year two of Luke Walton. So they haven't really gotten that much better. Or excuse me, they were a borderline playoff team before Luke Walton got there. And then they in a, the Kings inexplicably fired Dave Yeager. Um, and it has looked at an absolute mess essentially since then, right? Like not one good thing has come out of this Kings team. Um I don't know what you I, – I mean, I, I abandoned ship on the Kings a long time ago. It, is De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons? Is that, like, a serious thing they should consider? Is, like, a package around Buddy Heald something they should consider for Ben Simmons? Like, what do you need to do to kind of retool this team? Because I think they have some good pieces in Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald, like a mixture of those players are good. And even Davion Mitchell, like those are good players. You just yeah. got to figure something out with them. Like you can't have four guards. Right. You know, let's just stay on the Simmons-Fox things for a minute. With Fox, it's, it is such a disservice what he's had to go through in Sacramento it's how does it feel like like ever since Luke Walton took over and they slowed down like okay if the point was like we need to teach some of these young guys like how to start playing like real NBA basketball like half court like understand execute read like I get it De'Aaron Fox doesn't feel all that much better at that stuff three years later you know it's that's like, that's kind of the tragedy. Is like De'Aaron Fox was kind of like a borderline, like all star, and now he's not. <laughs> like he's not really close to that conversation. You know, like he's hitting sub thirty percent on threes, forty five percent from the field, just not looking great. Like his free throw percentage hasn't really ticked up at all. His assist rate hasn't really ticked up at all. It's actually gone down a little bit over the last two seasons. I, like, I feel like De'Aaron Fox should be an all-star by now. Like, he was on track to be an all-star, right? I do, too. So, kind of in my head, what I'm getting at here is, I think De'Aaron Fox, like, like, we both still really like him. I think he's still got a lot, like, he can grow into He's definitely going to feel like a guy, though, if you trade him. Of course, he's going to be incredible on his second team, though. Mm. And everyone's going to be like, oh, look, the Kings traded De'Aaron Fox. What another Kings thing to do. Look at him now. When in all reality, it's like if he stayed in Sacramento, he probably won't become this elevated version of himself that we think is going to happen if he gets to a second team because he's going to be in Sacramento. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, are we just going, okay, like Alvin Gentry is like taken over for now, right? Which it's, they have not looked good no. also since Alvin Gentry has taken over. So it's like, what? So we're just going back to the 
pace like idea that Dave Yeager had four years ago or whatever it was now. Like, like what, what do you want? You know? And with Fox, like I get trying to get him to understand the half court game and develop a half court game. Like I totally get it. And like his three point shot, like looks better. Even if the percentages aren't better, like it does look better. I, I don't know. If I'm De'Aaron Fox, I'd want out. I, I know that much. I'd want out. I'd say yeah. Philly. <laughs> Which is saying a lot because neither one of us really like the situation. Philly. Yeah. Um, I, man. But if, but if Philly could get like, I don't know. I don't know who, and again, this is probably what hang the strap is teams wouldn't agree on like who was the better player, like Simmons or Fox. Like I would say Simmons is probably better, but like, Fox probably has more upside, like that's realistic to obtain. I don't know. Simmons has more upside, but I don't know if ever obtain it. I, yeah, I mean, I think if you're Philly, like you're getting a player, I mean, theoretically, you'd get a player who actually can contribute to winning instead of just sitting at home and giving you like zero. Sure. Um, I, I really like De'Aaron Fox. Like you said, I, I still like De'Aaron Fox. My concern with him is that in 1819, his three-part percentage was it peaked at 37%. Like he was awesome that season, right? Played 81 games. And now it's sitting at 26.5%. And maybe that's offensive scheme, maybe that's not feeling comfortable in the system. But why isn't that shot falling? And was that 18-19 season an outlier? Because if you're Philly, you want to, you need that shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting that, then what's the point? Well, like, I do think there would be some value for him in Philly as like the change of pace guard. Mm. Like since apparently Tyrese Maxey is is the guy. Yeah, like, I I guess if you have, like, the complimentary, like, super speed guy, um, and then Joel and, uh, you know, Seth Curry and Tobias Harris, like, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like, we can make this work, you know? Yeah, right. Which, I don't know, I guess anything is better than Ben Simmons right now. I mean, playing. <laughs> That's so true. Um. The Luke Walton fire, I mean, it, it was a long time coming. He really probably should have been fired in yeah, the so offseason. Um, if you're going to fire him, whatever, X amount of games into the season, a month into the season, like just fire him in the offseason. Because um, yeah. uh, you're left with this situation now, right? Like you're left with this, who's our coach going forward? Is it Alvin Gentry? Is he interim? Is he not interim? Right, but you're getting like 60 games of him now. Like, that's basically a full season. Right. Like, why not give him, if you were going to do this Alvin Gentry thing this whole time, just give him the full 82. Yeah. I don't know. The Kings are back at it, you know? Like, the Kings are back to making dumb decisions. I remember, I distinctly remember, and you might remember this, Matt, I went on a podcast on this podcast and said, I think the Kings have something here. I think they could be 
turn into a playoff team. And I did the whole bit. And you know what they've done? They've just pooped all down that idea. Just took a big old dump on it. And there's nothing, anything worse. I used to love watching the Kings. I never watch Kings games anymore. Yeah. I know I I should, but like, it's just, it's just a nightmare. It's a bad situation. De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Albert, my best piece of advice to you is get out. Get out while you can. Have careers somewhere else. Sacramento is like cursed. I don't I don't understand. They just it's like they just can't get out of their own way, Ryan. Um and people always like to blame the owner there. Like he gets too involved in everything. Um, I mean, probably sure, whatever, like yeah. But also like, I don't know, at some point, like a coach, you have to develop players. And it's like, um, but like, let's just be honest. What is Buddy Heald better at now than he was three years ago? What is De'Aaron Fox better at now than he was three years ago? Like, you know, obviously, what is Marvin Bagley better at now than he was three years ago? Marvin Bagley wouldn't even go in the game for Luke Walton. Yeah. So, like, on some level, like, this has to come back to the coaching. This has to come back to the roster construction like and even if the owner oversteps on that which is wrong that like that's still like there's more than just that that's wrong there's more than just that right you know let's let's not get too tied up um on just the owner there all right injuries um zion it's the biggest um piece of news literally um being reevaluated, uh, had a setback. Ryan, we're now what getting to like two months into the year, still no Zion. Um, He's gonna be ready for the start of the season, though. Yeah, <laughs> this is just silly looking back at it now, Ryan. Like, why, like, like what's happening in New Orleans? <laughs> like, what, like, what on planet earth is happening in new Orleans. like it, we promised zion's gonna be ready for the beginning of the year come to find out he's nowhere near ready there's some reports that he was over 300 pounds coming into training camp he does there, look big there are other reports that are just completely disputing that i i don't know like brandon ingram didn't start the year because of injury they're off to a terrible start it just feels like this team can't get out. It's back to the Kings. It can't get out of its own way, number one. But two, it feels like this front office isn't very long to be the front office there in New Orleans. Like David Griffin doesn't feel like he's going to be there for much longer. Um, and some of the young guys have just been fine. It's not like they've been amazing. But, right. I mean, Zion was so good last year. Like Point Zion, they found something, and now, I I mean, it's going to be another year where they don't make the playoffs because their season's practically over, and we're a fourth of the way through the NBA season. See. Already over, yeah. And Zion, like, I, mean, I don't even think they gave a timetable for when he'll maybe get back on the court. Like, just we'll reevaluate and see. Yep. 
He's going to be reevaluated. He's still experiencing soreness. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Um, Luca battling an ankle injury. Uh, CJ McCollum out indefinitely with a collapsed lung. Um, so that's not something you see every day in the NBA. NFL maybe, but not, not the NBA. So that was very different. I, I don't know what it is. I feel like the last couple of seasons, like CJ has gotten two months into the season and like has a major injury. Like this year, it's a collapsed limb. Last year, it was the broken leg. Right. I feel like the year before he had another injury. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel bad for CJ. He he seems like an awesome guy. And, you know, you don't want to see these injuries continue to happen for someone Mm -hmm. like him. All right. And unfortunately, not to necessarily bring him back to this, maybe the indicator of, uh, maybe you got to make the moves when the timing's right. Mm. So CJ got maybe should have been gone already, but. Um, and then Jeremy Grant, thumb injury for the Pistons out indefinitely. We'll see what that means um, exactly. Hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, get a better timeline. But not that Detroit has a lot of decent players right now. Shout out Kate Cunningham, rookie of the year. Um, but that, that really sucks for them. That really sucks. So I'm a, I'm a Jeremy Grant fan. It's it's uh, sad because that was uh, – Take it out of out of Detroit, but neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're bringing it back to the main topic, which briefly touched on, which is Indiana. Ryan, not often Indiana gets to be the main topic of the. Uh, I don't think we've had Indiana's main topic on this podcast. Because, like we said, they're always boring. And they always kind of just set. So, <laughs> uh, they might still be boring and they might still suck, but we started talking about them because of all the rumors around, okay, now they're finally open to making deals, to making moves, um, to maybe reshaping the direction of the franchise. So Ryan, we're just jumping in here. If you were hired to be the GM tomorrow of the Indiana Pacers, what order would you rank the following guys in terms of your willingness to trade them? So we have obviously Sabonis, Turner, Lavert, Warren, and we're going to include Brogdon's conversation, knowing he can't technically be traded until um, after the season, but whatever, still including him in this. So Ryan, who would you be most willing to trade out of this group if you were the new Pacers GM? Um, my first choice, if I'm the GM and thank you for the Pacers for listening to the podcast, because you knew I could be bought, um, is going to be Karis Levert. Mm. Um, he, I think his contract, obviously like there's contract stuff here. I'm going to try to recall, but, uh, Levert has an expiring contract. They've been working on a contract extension and that deadline passed. Brogdon got the co- extension Levert did not so he's eligible to be traded and I don't really want to pay Karis Levert um there has been some health things and some of that's been out of his control but like the dislocated ankle a couple seasons ago like long-term health is concerning for me as a GM he doesn't look great this year um and like how does he fit long-term with Indiana my 
I think my best player is Sabonis, and we can talk about this later. How does he fit with Sabonis? And is that something I can see turning into a champ- championship contender? And I don't think the answer is yes with that pairing. So I, I would be pushing to trade Levert. That would be the guy I would pitch to ownership to trade. And I think he's one of the easier people to trade on this team. What about you? He would not be my top guy. Oh, okay. My my top guy in terms of willingness to trade. Now, I don't know how much I'm getting back for this guy, but my top willing to trade guy would probably oh, – man, I'm going back and forth between two guys in my head here. I think I'm going to say TJ Warren. Mm. I think part of it's – I just – I don't believe – bubble tj warren is like the tj warren like we just we're gonna get obviously dealt a lot of injuries since then um similar conversations honestly that you just had about lavert of always hurt right like just always something nagging or up or that happens like just is how it is it seems to be with him um warren is expiring um on his deal i I don't know how much you fetch for him, but I, I, I mean, if you're going to trade him like this is the only year you can trade him, like unless you resign him and then trade him again, like in a year, but like, you don't want to do that. You don't even know what the foot thing, like how it's going to be. I'd say just convince some team to take a chance on him this year, get whatever it is you can. Maybe it's a top 20 protected first and just move on. You might have an easier time shopping Warren because the last time we did see him, in any like serious basketball situation was in the bubble where he was putting up like 40 and 50 points mm-hmm. against the Miami heat. Um, so yeah, I, I, he's my third on my list. And I, I mean, I like TJ Warren, but realistically to some of the points you're making, like he's never going to be the top scoring option and he's essentially therefore going to be a role player so how does that fit long-term with my team and my vision? And wing scores this season could probably get you a lot. Um, yeah. Whether you can get like a pseudo first-round pick attached and it like dissolves into like, it's so heavily protected, it dissolves into two seconds, something like that, um, along with some sort of asset. Um. So, yeah, I agree. I think TJ Warren is is certainly up there on my list. Who's your second? So, my second would be Miles Turner. Yeah, he's my second, too. Yeah. The stretch big, right, is like a hot commodity. And every team kind of wants a Miles Turner. And to go along with his offensive game, like he's awesome inside the paint. Um, Leads the league in like block shots this year. So he he could be an asset to a number of teams. I because of the money he's making, what kind of package are you wanting to get back though? Like what are your expectations yeah. for sending him out? Like well, yes thing, would you would you trade him for like three good role players, like bench slash fifth starter players? that combine like salary rise to be where it needs to be. So that's the thing. I feel like Indiana's done that before. Like, I feel like they've had 
like a bunch of like nice bench players that have been fine. Yeah. And it's like gotten you to like the eight seed. And that's okay, but like Indiana really I mean, I think they hold themselves to be one of the top NBA franchises, so they want to be competing. Maybe for like Turner, that's fine. You definitely don't like you're not taking on bad contracts. So maybe that is the type of deal you end up having to take because of what contracts are available to trade. Because I don't know if you're getting like whether it's a center or not. Like I don't feel like you're getting like an upgrade. Yeah, you're either taking like someone equal in skill level or below. And maybe you do the Wizards thing and you take like three players and one of them is younger, but like a fringe rotation player and you just take a swing on that guy. Yeah, I think that would probably be pretty decent for Indiana actually to do that. Um, There requires a certain level of patience within the organization to do it. But like, I think that's probably a fairly smart move for Indiana to do, to do that type of a deal. Um, I, I would really like that one. Okay. So third, I think you kind of already said your third. My, my third was Warren. Yes. Right. Yeah. So who, who would be your third? So I think for me, Malcolm Brogdon would be my third. I think you can get a lot of value from Malcolm Brogdon. He's like a solid dude that you want on your team. Mm. Like you're not going to die by trading Malcolm Brogdon. You know, like we talked about with De'Aaron Fox, like he might become like a dude to where you're like, Oh crap. Why did we trade that guy? You know, down the line after you make the trade, I don't feel like you're going to get into that with Brogdon. Like he's going to be good wherever he goes, but it's not going to be that like, oh, shoot, we traded like the wrong guy. Mm. You know? I, that's such a good point because like last year he, you know, had that spark at the beginning of the season and, and everyone was jokingly putting him in MVP conversations. Um, but yeah, he's just like a steady player. Like, I think you're right. Like he could lead the offense. He could be off ball. He can score. He can pass he's not like he doesn't need the ball he can shoot um so you'd be a good complimentary guard on like a championship team i think a team like the knicks he would fit really well on um if they didn't spend all their money this summer mm-hmm. on like a evan fournier and kimba walkers yeah. and all that stuff um but yeah i think you're right i don't like his ceiling is lower but his floor is super high. Like he's just going to be a competent NBA player for you. And so like we noted, while we can't technically trade him this season, he would be a guy for Indiana that like going into the summer, you could think like, okay, if we acquire another guard that we really like, as soon as he is eligible to be traded, we can trade him. Like you just kind of have that option then. Um, Okay, Ryan, number four. So number four for me was Brogdon. I, I would want, if I were Indiana, knowing like free agency situation, like he's one of the few free agents who kind of picked Indiana, right? Uh, yeah. I think there was some restricted free agency stuff there, but. And give up like a first to Milwaukee or something like that. You kind of have to retain that guy who picked you, I think, in yeah. some instances. Um, so he's my fourth. Um, so does that mean Lavert is your fourth? 
Yeah, it does. And it's not that like I'm the biggest Karis Levert fan. It's just, I mean, I, th- I think I personally think he's a little better than TJ Warren. Mm. Plus, I I think I can get more for him also as a year younger. So mm. I I just think that bubble TJ Warren, which was basically his only career peak, like of any type, as like just Warren, it's welcome almost, if that makes sense. Like in mm. terms of trade value. Like if you're gonna get a lot for him, you should have traded him after the bubble. Um like by now it's like it's kind of worn off. Whereas Levert, like I think people still remember like the you know, fighting Kenny Atkinson Nets and um essentially most improved player candidate was gonna had it in the bag and then dislocates his ankle and yeah never really been, recovers and is yeah, right after that for more than just a month of basketball like tj warren so i think like if you had to end up with one of the two i would be wanting to keep lavert a little more mm. um but also like if a team was willing to throw like wildly large amounts of assets at you for him I think you do the deal. Yeah. You know? But that's only like a, hey, like, if you're going to get crazy, sure. But, like, if you're not, like, I'm not, I don't know. Wings are hard to come by. So I'm, I'm not just trading him for basically nothing. He's or, kind of a weird or, fit. Like, I don't – that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to picture him on different teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe Toronto might be a good fit. I just don't know, like, where – he because he needs the ball like that's the that's the one thing with him he's not great off ball so it's whenever he's in the offense kind of has to be designed around him um so i don't know it's not really your concern as indiana you just have to pitch him as he's an awesome scorer right like he he's an all-world scorer and some 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 gm's gonna bite on that sure um yeah, let's like go to the last guy now. That that means we're on the same page on our last game. Neither one of us are wanting to trade Sponis. Yeah. Obviously, he's the most the guy you could get the most for. The all-star, the borderline all-NBA guy. Yeah, I mean, this is he's not gonna get a haul like a James Harden or Paul no. George, no. but you can definitely get multiple pieces for him and your selection of assets outside of like the top 10 guys right yeah in the league so you may get like two first round picks or like a first round pick and a pick swap and like two other guys two other assets depends Um, on the level of the players maybe but yeah yeah um so bonus the nice thing about him is that he fits essentially anywhere right like Mm -hmm. he's a really good Really good touch offensively, not awesome defensively, um, yeah. but can essentially fit anywhere. Um, and I don't know. I Sabonis so is the type of guy that you want around because he's easy to build around. Like you essentially just have to put four shooters around him. Yeah, and right. it's all good. Let him play. Not to the level of this, but Nikola Jokic style basketball. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like if you're looking around the league, the MVP is like, you have a poor man's version of Nikola Jokic on your team Yeah, and he just won the MVP. So like the ceiling for that first bonus is like 
an all NBA team. Yeah. I think the case for putting Sabonis higher on this list would be he's peaking now and this is the most value you could get for him. Right. Right. So it's funny when we started this exercise, I almost put Sabonis one just because it's like you could really get just about anything you wanted, you know, within reason. So, but then I was like, you know what? And this kind of goes with another question I'll ask. I was like, I can't even entertain the thought because I won't do it. But I almost put him one just because you can get a pretty good haul um, for Sabonis. Like, like, let's just say, could if you could get the Kings to give you Halliburton two first-round picks and a pick swap, I mean, you might have to do more Call stuff. that into league I mean, now. Yeah, just, like, call it into league. I, I, I'll say, I might, sure. Like, you know, or uh, Halliburton, Barnes, and uh, two first for Sabonis. I would do that deal. Yeah. Like, you know, just like that kind of thing, though. Like, Indiana, you get good Harrison Barnes player, Halliburton upside player, plus two Kings picks. Like, yeah. What about, like, an uh, Obi Toppin? Quentin Grimes and two future Knicks picks. Because I know the money doesn't really work there, but you you could throw in some filler. Um, I think the Sacramento one would be better. I agree. Would I also wonder if like Charlotte would sniff around on that one, like a yeah. PJ Washington. I don't know. PJ the trades centered around PJ Washington. Yeah. Miles Plumley productive big though. Like would be really good for them. Um cuz they obviously that's not something they really have had like ever. Yeah. Um, so no, like I, I I get that um I don't know if you maybe you're wondering like hey, Toronto, you got a bunch of athletic dudes that would kind of protect Sabonis like who do you want to keep and who are you willing to give up? Like, would a Siakam for Sabonis be crazy? No, like that's the first thing that came to my head. Because um, then you're starting five. I mean, like Scotty Barnes is all over the place and really fills that Siakam role. Right, Gary Trent, Fran, Fred Van Fleet, um, still in there also. So it's like, and then you know whomever else, but it's like, oh. Okay. Oh, OG. Like, there's your starters. Yeah, that's a pretty good starting five going forward. Like, honestly, I, I think Toronto would have to add something to Pascal, like a pick or a pick and a pick swap or something. Like, I don't know exactly, but I think they would need to do that. But I would do that. Um, that's a pretty good deal. I don't, some side. I think so. I think Toronto would say no. I think they would say no. I think they'd be wrong, but sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I think there are trades out there for Sabonis, even though he's kind of a four, four, five. Yeah. Um, but like, he just, he does things on a basketball court that not a lot of guys do. We talked about the Jokic-esque passing. Like, he just, he, he makes your team better. He does. He makes his teammates better. So, 
it's either if you're going to trade him, you better be your the top thing you're doing, and you better be in a lot for him, or you completely hold on to him and say like, this is a guy for us. So, fun little exercise there. I like that. Um, that was a good. That was a good brain exercise. So Ryan, again, keep it on this GM theme. So, what's the one thing you're most wanting to change? in Indianapolis because clearly something needs to change whether they want it to or not like clearly something needs to change there they obviously <laughs> did the whole coaching change um, from Nate McMillan to Nate Borkin to now Rick Carlisle like I don't know what are your thoughts here uh so the first thing and this I'm communicating this to my staff every single day we need to start tanking this is like being in the middle of the NBA is cute like it's fun like you can sniff around the playoffs you're never going to be better than like the six, seven. Um, and we just start need to start getting top talent and we're never going to do that through free agency. And we have, that means we have to do it through the draft. And yeah. so it's, I mean, all five of those guys, you're gone. Like Brogdon, as soon as I can trade you, you're gone. Like I'm getting as many assets as I can and I'm collecting those. And I know like, Indiana has been very reluctant, but if I'm getting hired as the GM, like you have to sell on this mindset that we are currently in the middle, stuck in the middle of the NBA and the, the pieces that we have to trade up is, are not going to get us the top 10 NBA player, right. which puts us in the championship contention conversation. So I, I think that's the thing you have to change that mindset with that organization. I know you don't want to be bad. I know you want to sell seats, I know the state wants to be competitive and all that stuff. That's all cute. But in five years, we're going to be in the same spot. So let's start now. Right. I get it. If I was the GM, however, which way to me, it's you got to find your franchise guard, Mm. your lead guard. You know, if it's draft and it's, you know, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green type guys, that's cool. If it's free agency, trades, probably not free agency because, like you said, Indiana, who wants to live in Indiana, like, sucks. Like, I get it. Trades, like, I mean, I don't feel like Indiana's emptying the treasure chest really for guys that they don't feel like would stay long term. So you'd have to be trading for a guy that, you know, signs one of these super deals and then, like, it's like, okay, I want out now. Right. But would they really go get one of those guys? Probably not. So to me, it's do whatever you got to do, but acquire your franchise lead guard um, for the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, they got to they gotta do something different. Since Paul George, they really haven't, outside of the one Victor Oladipo year, Yeah, hasn't really been much. And even that Victor Oladipo year, they were the eight seed. So... <laughs> let's keep that in mind um so yeah that's the one big thing i'm changing in indiana for sure but then that kind of conflicts with our last question here so rick carlisle just came over from dallas to be the pacers head coach obviously in dallas he was working with luca um i mean kp some other younger players not a lot of like old vets in dallas ryan over the last couple years and I don't want to say it hasn't gone well, but definitely uh, definitely had its bumps. And mm. now this year, 
Indiana is composed of mostly like, you know, 25 and up, whereas I feel like Dallas is like 25 and under. Mm. Still not going well for it, Carlisle. So what do you, I mean, trying to put yourself in the shoes of Rick Carlisle, what's the timeline here for this team? Like, I think it's time. I mean, you know, like if I were Rick Carlisle, whatever the start is, uh, I'm going to the front office and having the conversation of like, all right, is this really the best spot for me? Like, I thought this was going to work out a little differently. Clearly, there's some stuff going on here. Like, we don't have the roster that either you thought or I thought. Let's start talking about maybe me not being the coach long term here. Like, I'm happy to finish out the season, but I just don't know. No buyouts, just. Yeah. Let's just, like, mutually agree that I can go somewhere else. (laughs) Because I don't. I mean, what do you do? Like, if you're Carlisle, what do you what do you do? Are you sticking around? Because I don't I wouldn't want to like this is going to be a five year minimum rebuild. Well, because that's the thing is like with Carlisle, traditionally what he's wanted and maybe this is just the Luka Doncic influences. Wants a guard. He wants spread wings and he wants a rim running big. Like we saw it in Dallas, like Carlisle had no idea what the heck to do with Porzingis. And maybe that's more of a Porzingis problem, but I don't want that to be what Sabonis' career transitions to. Mm. And so like, until he can figure out how to play out of a big, um, which again, maybe he shouldn't have been doing in Dallas with Porzingis. And I'm cool with that. Like he, you need to do that here. And if the team or whatever is just not willing to, then it's like, okay, that like we're done. Like you said, like yeah. we're just doing this. Like I don't care if it's mutual, fire him, quit, whatever. Like you've got to be able to maximize the talent you have in Indiana, which you have some talent still. Obviously, we just list off some of those guys earlier. You've got some talent. I think Rick Carlisle either needs to like really start figuring out like this year, how do how can I really use these guys? And if he doesn't start really figuring some stuff out this year, then it probably just needs to be a ham out because I'm sure Carlos kind of like based off of what the team has, he's probably thinking like, Hey, this is a championship team in three years or less. And I think a lot of people would disagree with that, but that was probably the expectation coming in. I mean, it's kind of an auto hire. Like, I think we talked about it. Like, you're bringing in Rick Carlisle to win, but the roster isn't ready. ready. Yeah. So, like, why are you bringing him in? If I don't, I mean, is it, is he thinking like, is it a long term conversation of like, hey, like we may be looking at a retool or a rebuild? This may be like a five year thing. And is he okay with that? Because I don't think at this point in his career he would be. No, I don't. I don't either. I maybe will be, but I don't either. So definitely some stuff to sort out, coaching wise, roster building wise, player wise, here in Indiana. Mm. All right, Ryan, let's wrap this up. League pass, team of the week. Who do you got? I got the Fighting Cavaliers this yeah, week. Evan Mobley all over the place. Uh, some Kevin Love maybe. Um, 
I'm excited to watch this team. I I know we were talking so much trash on Kevin Love uh, the this past offseason, and he's kind of making us eat crow a little bit. But mm. uh, this is watch. This will be the week the Cavaliers fall off. They've been awesome defensively, and I'm it. I think this week is kind of going to be a good test for them. The Rockets, who have been scoring like crazy, who have gone on a mini win streak recently, they play the Bucks on Saturday, and then they play the Hawks Sunday, and then they have a couple days off, and then they play your Boston Celtics yeah, the following Wednesday. So um, it's going to be a good week for some to watch some Cavaliers basketball. Who you got? So I'm going to go with the John Morant-less Grizzlies. Um, Beat the Lakers last week? Come on now. Uh so this coming week, so they got Portland on Wednesday, Sacramento on Friday, Portland again on Sunday, Oklahoma City on Monday. I, Ryan, I don't know how they're winning without John Morant right now, but they're doing it. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain. and Yeah, Dylan Brooks now starting to come into his own. Um, I don't think they will, but you could tell me Memphis goes 4-0. Or he's next four. <laughs> they, you know? I mean, they definitely have the W over the my Thunder. <laughs> right. So, like, I don't know. What if they come out of that three and one? Maybe a 20 and 12. Uh, <laughs> would you have predicted? I mean, I don't think either one of us had the Grizzlies in any playoff scenario. It, it looks like they just might make the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. I said they were in my first team out. Just. I thought it was going to be a situation of like they just weren't ready. And uh, yeah, wrong. Yeah, we definitely, I, I mean, we both whiffed on that, but Jaron Jackson Jr. has really stepped his game up this year. Yeah. Um, and it's been fun watching him again. So yeah, Grizzlies are a good watch this week. Yeah. So that's, that's it. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like we did too bad on that timing, Ryan. Like, I don't know, it wasn't an hour and a half, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't think so either. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. 45 minutes, 45 to 50 minutes would be my guess on this podcast. Efficient. Yeah. Efficiency is what we're looking for. Not volume this week. Yeah. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for recording episode 128. We will be back uh, next week with episode 129 and a Christmas theme podcast, I think. Okay. So, so we'll uh, see you back then. Yeah.